Fred McFeely Rogers was an American television personality, musician, puppeteer, writer, producer, and a Presbyterian minister. He was known as the creator, composer, producer, head writer, and showrunner of, and host of the preschool television series, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. How many of you grew up on some Mr. Rogers? Love you some Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Today, we are starting a brand new series, a collection of uh, conversations around this idea of inviting people to be our neighbor, more importantly, of living a life that is neighborly. We, we want to turn this idea of neighbor from a noun to an action verb. We, we want to turn this idea of neighborliness to, from some descriptive word to it being some action word that, that we take. I believe with all of my heart that God wants us in our lives not to live from the perspective of we need to get to God. If I could just get to God. No, I, I believe that God already came. And if we'll respond to him in our lives in that way, then we can move not only from trying to get, uh, get to God, but rather through our lives we can help other people receive God. See God, know God, experience God. I, I think that's why Jesus uh, responded to sometimes criticism or, or people trying to, to ask God, what's the most important thing in the world? Or how do I get to heaven? Or what does it look like to be, to be a child of God? What, what does that look like? I, I think that's why Jesus responded the way that, that he did. In fact, in, in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 26, you, you see such an interaction that Jesus had with, uh, with, with some people that were around him and near him. In fact, this is what it says. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, and how do you read it, Jesus? Well, then Jesus responded, love the Lord, uh, your, your God with all, or, 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 or excuse me, Jesus asked him what's written in the law and how do you read it? And so the educated man turns around and says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and, and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself a little more. So he asked Jesus and well, who exactly is my neighbor? Who is my, my neighbor? This question, who is my neighbor, is the question that we're going to be answering over the next several weeks. We're going to explore the different groups of people, circles of, of demographics. We're going to explore different uh, categories of people that we have in our life today that I believe Jesus would define and say, that's your neighbor. That's your neighbor. That's your neighbor. Those are the people that are in your life. So we're going to answer this question. In fact, next week, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to look at a, a group of people in our community even that I believe answer the question, who's our neighbor? Who's our neighbor? Well, people who attend different churches. They're our neighbors. They're not our enemies. 
They're not our competition. Other churches and, and, and groups of people that worship God, even if they don't do it exactly like we do, they're not our enemies, they're our comrades. And uh, next Sunday, I'm excited because we're going to have with us a pastor from another church in our community here bringing the word and talking about what does it look like to love other people who go to different churches. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to sit on the front row, take notes myself, and uh, learn from, from him, a, a friend of mine. And so it's going to be, be, be great. In fact, his church is linking up, and we're syncing up during this series. They're going to teach some of the same things in their church that we're teaching in our church because God's big enough. And I'm believing that next Sunday we shatter a stereotype in our community that exists that says other churches are the enemy and we're only in it for ourselves. We're going to lead the way in, in creating a different mindset and sending a different culture in this community. And I, and I can't wait. It's going to be, be great. On August 4th, when we have our Backpack Sunday, and uh, we love on the kids and the students and the high schoolers and the middle schoolers who are a part of our church family, we're going to talk about how do, we be, uh, how do we neighbor the next generation? What does it look like to be a parent? What does it look like to, to allow the pattern of our life to influence their current life? It's going to be a powerful time as we talk about the future and the next generation and how we as a church want to impact and how we as a church will neighbor the next generation. We're going to talk about a lot of, we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult people. How do you be enabled or somebody that you hate? We're going to talk about it because I think it's important that we learn not just what a neighbor is, but how to neighbor. And we're inviting people into this quest of relationship. When we recognize and we realize that the invitation to, hey, won't you be my neighbor, is really an invitation to, hey, can't we be friends? Can't we walk in life together and live this life out? Today, the answer to the question, who is my neighbor, is simply this. And if you're taking notes, you can write it down. Who is my neighbor? Well, today we're going to look at it like this. People from other nations are your neighbor. People whose skin color is different than yours is your neighbor. People who speak a different language than you is your neighbor. People who live in other places in the world, they are your neighbor. People who live in other places of the world who want to be refugees in our world are your neighbor. You might not like them, enjoy them, think like them, look like them, talk like them, but they are your neighbor. In fact, that's why Jesus commanded us some really specific things. And we see this command that he gives to all of those who would call themselves followers of Jesus, all of us who would consider ourselves disciples of God. He, he gives us a really, really clear command on the subject. And we see it in Matthew chapter 28, starting in, in verse 17, when Jesus says it like this. He says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, meaning the disciples were worshiping Jesus, but some still doubted because Jesus had just raised from the dead. And he was hanging out with his disciples. And these were some of his final words, the final greeting that Jesus would give to his disciples before he would ascend into heaven. And this is, this is what Jesus said to them. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make 
disciples. Everybody say disciples. Make disciples of all nations. Not all nations that you like. Not all nations that have Caribbean destinations. No, he said all nations. Every one of them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Jesus has charged you and me as followers of him to go make disciples in every nation, of every nation. That doesn't mean just every place on a map. That actually means every people who represent every place on the map. It doesn't mean that you only can do it when you are in a foreign country, but when others from foreign countries live in your country, there you also make disciples. See, we live in a kingdom and in a country known as the U.S. of A. That as believers and followers of Jesus, we are citizens of a bigger kingdom. Citizens of heaven. Citizens of the kingdom of God called to uphold and go about and be about our king's domain. That's the charge for you and me. There is, let me be very clear. There is zero room for prejudice and prejudice ideologies in the kingdom of God. If you have a problem with people who don't look like you, talk like you, speak the language of you, live in a different area, or coming into your world, can I just tell you, you will hate heaven. You'll hate it. Because every tribe, language, and tongue will be praising the God of their soul. And we, we are the body of Christ, and it is a global body. We are called to make disciples of, of every nation. I used to think that uh, missions and going on missions was about showing up, being really impressive, imparting our American wisdom to other people, getting them saved, set free, filled with the Spirit, healed, and we go back and report all the great numbers and, and the impact that we had. I think that's a part of it. But friends, he didn't say go and make converts. He said go and make disciples. Disciples and discipleship making is a long-term, heavy relational involved investment that we must make. Salvation is the beginning point, but it's not the end point. And I think that when, when we begin to shift our perspective to realize that we don't have it all together, we don't have all the answers, we begin with a place of humility. We can go to other countries, partner with what those local missions, those local organizations are doing to see people grow in their relationship with God. That's our approach to missions here at Faith Church. Our team just got back from Guatemala, and here in just a little bit, they'll be joining me on this stage, and we're going to hear a little bit about their stories and the things that God has done in their lives and in their hearts, and I can't wait for you to hear some of those things, but at the end of the day, we didn't go down 
to be impressive to them. We went down to partner with the ministries that are on the ground there who are all about making disciples and helping people grow in the relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's all about this idea of having healthy relationships with people of other nations, of other nations. So, so the question is, okay, if that's who our neighbor is, how do we neighbor people who aren't like us, people of a different nationality and a different language? How do we neighbor people of other nations? I think there are four things that are so important for us to do in our lives to have embedded in the routines of our lives so that we can relate well, so that we can neighbor well people from other nations. First thought today is this. I think that we need to first listen with humility. We don't need to go mouth first into relationships. We need to be willing to listen to their stories, listen to their heartache, listen to their plight, listen to the good things that they have to offer, listen with some humility. You'll find and hear the stories from our team about how when they went down there, they began to listen and the Lord humbled them in some things and God taught them some things that they didn't previously see or realize, all because they decided to listen with humility. Something profound takes place. Not only do we need to listen with humility, number two, I think that we need to practice empathy. We need to practice empathy. We need to practice being empathetic towards people who are different than us. Not judging them, not criticizing them, not demanding things of them, but practice being empathetic with other people. And when we can practice empathy, I think it opens people's hearts to hear about the Jesus that's changed us. We get to practice empathy. Third, this is a big one. I think we need to pray with passion. We need to pray with passion. We need to pray with passion. When was the last time you prayed for refugees with the same passion that you pray for your own children? With the same fervor that you pray for your own finances and your own health? When was the last time you dropped to your knees and just prayed passionately for people in other nations? Not just for Israel. I think we need to pray for Israel, absolutely. But what about the other countries in the Middle East? What about the other countries in the third world countries? What about other people who, who are fearing for their lives? What about the people in Africa who have experienced horrific genocide? When was the last time we dropped to our knees and cried out to God because of their brokenness and prayed with some passion for them rather than just praying for our, our own needs? In our own ways. I think when you start praying for other people, it's not that God changes the circumstance or the situations, which often is the center of our prayers, right? God, we need you to do this. We need you to change this. God, would you help here? But it actually begins to change our own hearts. And we become people changed by the prayers that we pray. I think we can pray passionately. And then finally, if we're going to relate well, if we're going to be neighborly, if we're going to learn how to neighbor to people from other nations, I think it's going to require that we give and go with compassion. Give and go with compassion. Something happens when you go, but something happens when you start to give too. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And when you're giving, that means your heart is also going. And I think eventually when we give and our heart goes, eventually our body will also go. 
And perhaps we'll have the opportunity to ourselves go on a short-term mission trip. I think every person who's following Jesus ought to make it their goal to go on some sort of short-term mission experience if they can. To trust God and to take the step because it does something in you, as you'll hear from our team, that's radically different. It's radically, radically different. I think we need to give and go with compassion. Now, some of you were like, well, I can't go, so I may as well just give. It's just as good, or that's all I can do. I put these two together on purpose. I put these two together on purpose because I don't want you to undersell the generosity and the part that you get to play in that. As a church, we recognize that it, it takes a lot of financial uh, expense to send a team and to do things. In fact, for years, every team member that was going on the trip had to also raise uh, some extra money to help cover the cost of all of the different projects and the houses and the different things that the team would do. It was, it was part of the extra expense to each team member. And a few years ago, we made the decision that as a church, we're going to underwrite the cost of every project that they're going to do overseas, which helped limit the cost that was going to be to the participants going. But as a church, it put some skin in the game for us. I want you to know that as a church, every time you give financially here at Faith Church, every time you give generously, we take 10% of everything undesignated and we turn right around and we give it back out to local and global outreach partners. 10% of it. So when you give, we give. But Pastor, why don't we just take up special offerings for special projects? I think special offerings are great, but you know what I'd rather do is develop a heart of generosity that is actually biblical-centered and not give towards need, but give towards vision, what God has put in us. So you're not going to hear us take a lot of special offerings for a lot of special projects. What you're going to hear us do is preach vision, preach hope, tell stories of life change, and, and say, hey, if God is moving on your heart, you can partner if you want. There's the boxes. Don't miss them on your way out, right? Like, like it's a choice that you get to make because if you're going to be generous because you feel manipulated, you're giving for the wrong reasons. So we invite you to participate. But we want you to know that as our church is more generous as we give to, the, to build the kingdom of God through faith and through faith church, part of that is all of the things that we get to partner and the organizations that we get to partner with overseas. And so every team member that was up here, that's going to be up here, that's going to share their stories, I want you to know if you give on a regular basis to Faith Church, you are regular being a part of changing and making disciples in other nations. And we do that with great joy and delight in our hearts. Why? Well, because Jesus said we need to love our neighbor. And who's our neighbor? People from other nations are our neighbor. I want to invite uh, our team, Team Guatemala, to come join me. Can you give these uh, men and ladies a hand as they come up here to the stage? Um, this is not the full team. Some of the other teams are serving in other capacities, and so uh, some of the team members are here in this service, and some are going to be here with us in the next service, um, and they're going to get to share some of, some of their story, and I want them to be able to share with you in their own words their experience how they saw their heart of love grow, how they practiced empathy, how they listened with humility, how, how God changed something in them as they 
followed this great commandment and commission to go into all the world. And as they went to, to Guatemala, Greg, you, um, you led the team. Yeah. And uh, would you take just maybe a, a minute and a half, two minutes, and tell us just kind of a quick overview of kind of what you guys accomplished on this trip? Sure. Well, this year, um, we actually got to go a day earlier um, due to some cost savings in flights. So um, kind of bought us an extra day in Guatemala. And uh, the first day, we had a project that we did, um, which was a part of a playground set, a large playground set that we did um, at Michael and Chrissy's. And uh, for Reach World Missions, which is Michael and Chrissy's shed, and they're partnered with Acelsi. Michael's the communications director at Acelsi. Um, they also have a ministry of children's ministry at their place, and they also allow the local schools to come to their house and use their facilities to minister to their kids. So it's kind of a cool thing that they're reaching out. They're being neighbors to the local schools, a couple of schools that are right there in their neighborhood. So um, built a playground set. Uh, we, we provided food. We went on four home visits this year, and we provided food for four, four families. Um, and basically the supplies that we give, just to give you an idea of the volume, um, we provide about a month's worth of food wow. um, per each house, household, um, which is an incredible blessing for them because... Um, let me tell you, the earnings that they make, in most cases, those were single mothers. Actually, maybe in all cases, those were single moms, um, whether um, widowed or their husband had left them. Um, a woman making earning money in Guatemala is next to impossible, um, very, very minimal. Um, in most cases, they're going to make, I'm going to say, $50 a month if you wanted to convert that to U.S. Um, so... That was a great blessing. And then we also built a house project. This is actually the one from last year. Um, we, went, we went back to that house to, to see it, and they had done a few things. And it's still standing. And it's still standing. Well done. So well done. It's great. Love go, that. Go team. Um, <laughs> we also got to, um, you'll see here in a little bit, you'll see the construction start to sh take place through the slides. But um, we built a house this year as well. Um, we also got to visit and minister at another ministry called Monaste Jesus, uh, the Hands of Jesus, uh, Carrie and I got to worship, you saw those first couple slides, with Jess, who is uh, Amon and Jess, they're the directors of Aselsi, so she joined us for worship, and then Matthew Wells preached, um, and, and that was actually, those two mission, missions organizations are, are very much becoming neighbors and working together um, in the ministry in Chichicastenango, so um, they are um, a, a living example of what pastors getting ready to preach on this next series, so it's really exciting to see that. That's so awesome, so cool. Now, um, Wes, this was your first trip, uh, first, first missions trip. Now, um, tell us for, for a minute, because it happens every year. Everybody who goes feels like they got to give out, but it's always, you always receive more when you're given. It's, it's interesting. So, so tell us uh, kind of what was maybe your big takeaway or, or one thing that really you saw different in you since, since back in your experience? Um, it being my first year was e extremely eye-opening. As soon as I got there, like, my heart was just humbled immediately. Yeah. Like, the happiness that you can see in others with, like, the bare minimum that they live with is absolutely incredible. Like, relative to, like, people in America, what we have is so far above what they would even dream of. Yeah. Even the top-of-the-class people there are, like, our low poverty level here. Mm -hmm. And I would say my big takeaway would be that truly how humbling it was to see what they had and how much happiness they had within themselves with what they had. And if 
anybody here ever has the opportunity to go and do a mission, this little short-term mission like I did, I absolutely recommend it because it is eye-opening, heart-opening, and soul-filling Yes, to the core. Absolutely. That's, that's so awesome, man. That's so cool. I'm so glad you got got to go. Uh, Matthew, uh, you, you've been, every year that the team has gone to Guatemala, and you see again and again things that, that happen and that go. Uh, I, I, I wanted to know maybe how you felt your own heart growing in empathy, maybe even in, in honor as you work side by side with um, the people of Guatemala to build projects and to do the things. Talk to me a minute about that. What, what, kinda, what, did, what happened in you as you worked alongside them? So, yeah, it, it's, um, they're an amazing, amazing people. You, you don't have a concept until you, you get to go down there and just live with them for a while. Um, their hearts, um, their abilities, they, almost every single one of them speaks at least two languages, a lot of them three languages. It is um, mind-boggling uh, that these people are just so awesome. I, I have the opportunity every year to work with them, work alongside them, and they are such hard, hard workers. And I can't express how hard they work and, until you get to be there and work alongside them. Um, Juan, uh, like the, the third day, Juan, yeah, I know, man. He humbled, he humbled me hardcore because uh, I was laying, laying some blocks for the foundation and doing all this. And uh, Juan came over and he's like, all right, we're going to try to get a bunch done before we leave for the day. So he starts to throw down and he's going up and I'm like, I'm going to keep up with this guy no matter what. I didn't. <laughs> he was like two and a half blocks to everyone. I could get down, and I was working as hard as I possibly could. And then the lady that owned the house, you'll hopefully see a slide of Miss um, Anastasia here later. She came out, and, and we, like, needed some more dirt. And so she gets over there, and she starts digging through the mountainside, and she's just throwing this dirt down so fast that my blessed friend here could barely keep up <laughs> with what she was doing. So I got done laying the block and everything, and I got told I needed to move this pile of dirt. So I moved the pile of dirt, and then I immediately got told, no, that's not where we needed it. Yeah, you can move it again. We need it over here. Yeah. And so that but, was... You know, they say that the truest test of a servant's heart is how you respond when you're treated like a servant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was humbled, and yeah. uh, that, was, that was one of my greatest takeaways yeah. from this year was... God spoke to me and he said, man, you just, you just need to do this. You need to humble yourself yeah. and just do what you're asked to do in it, all things. Isn't it interesting that when you walk with eyes of humility, and you just simply affirm this if you want, but um, when you walk with that level of humility, you actually have eyes to learn something new. Yes. Isn't that true? Yes. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing, amazing. When, what happens when you start listening mm -hmm. with some humility. That's right. The things you can learn. And the things that you can grow in and the things that God does in you exponentially increases simply because you decide to listen from a posture or watch with a posture of humility where you actually begin to learn, learn something else. Brady, I want to ask you a question. Now, uh, Brady, kind of towards the middle of the trip, you kind of hit uh, some health challenges and uh, kind of ran into some personal things that kind of limited your ability to give out and, and maybe even... Uh, was different than what you were expecting when you went down. But oftentimes when our expectations aren't met, God still has a way of speaking and, and doing something in our hearts. And so why don't you share a little bit about what, what God was doing and speaking to you? Yeah, yeah. 
sometime early in the week, I had an encounter with the local bacteria, and it won. <laughs> um, I was down on my back for like two days, and um, the staff at the clinic at Aselsi was, I was very impressed with their demeanor and their knowledge, coming over to check on me every few hours. And uh, I was really getting discouraged and upset because I wasn't able to be out helping like I, you know, I went around, you know, cross country to do this and I wasn't able. And Dr. Orlando came to visit me with the antibiotics and stuff. And he had shared with us the morning before at Devotions about how they had come to, decided to come to Celsi and God had led them there. And uh, when he was done talking to me and stuff, he wanted to pray with me. And uh, it was at that time that I had a mindset change. You know, I can't do anything else, but I can pray. You know, so I was praying for the team. I was praying for my health, of course. But, you know, it's the same thing that all of you can do while these people are on these projects. You know, we need your prayers. You know, if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. And it's very much appreciated. Absolutely, and it changes you. Uh, most of the time, we pray because we want God to change something, or we want God to intervene somewhere. But most of the time, the greatest change that is the result of our prayers is ourselves, is our own perspective, is our own heart begins to be enlarged, and God begins to do things in us that we wouldn't have otherwise seen. Uh, I guarantee you, going down, Brady was going to outwork every single one of these people on the stage. But on the stage, you outworked me. <laughs> and so what he thought he was going to be able to contribute ended up not being everything that he was able to contribute. But he still saw an opportunity to be a participate. He still saw an opportunity to go and engage. And he stood and he decided to take up the position of the prayer warrior and to be the person to pray for the team. And uh, that's so, so, so encouraging. And I think we all, all can kind of learn from that. While, we were, while the team was down there, they, uh, Greg mentioned a minute ago, and you've heard some of these, these names rolling around. We have two partners uh, in Guatemala that we support financially and get to be a part of what they're doing on an ongoing basis. One he, he mentioned was Michael and Christy Shedd uh, of Reach World Missions, and they really are discipling kids in a whole new way, and it's fantastic to see. And the other is Aselsi, and Aselsi is a ministry that has many um, kind of prongs of reach. They're training up pastors and leaders, missionaries to go into other parts of Guatemala and, and the world, uh, other nations. They have a medical clinic. They have a, a space for moms who uh, uh, have young infants to uh, a mother's and milk program to help the vibrancy and the health of young children and moms. Um, and, and they've got multiple other areas and these other clinics that they do to, to bring life literally to the feeble and to the sick and to the infirmed, and uh, their work there is, is pretty amazing. And so those are some of the things that you're, you're seeing and some of the partnerships that, that we as a church get to be a part of and that we pray for and that we, we get to do each and, each, and every, uh, each and every time. Now, Carrie, you got to, to go back. You'd taken a couple of years where you hadn't uh, gone, but you got to go back, and uh, often uh, it, when you're on a trip like this, uh, you know God begins to do just as much through you, but you begin to see God does stuff in you. 
And uh, each year, it seems like there's kind of a common thread or a common theme of what God has us both sharing, but also what he has been doing like in the team and in those things. Can you maybe share some of those, those themes and those threads that, that God was doing? Yeah, it was a really cool experience this year. We got to spend some of our breakfast times um, hearing a devotional from um, some Celsi staff. We eat there right on where we're staying. And uh, I just was amazed at um, between the message that uh, Matthew preached on Sunday, as well as um, those devotional times and what the Lord had me reading on my own personal time, the common theme. um, And uh, it's really important that we lean in and listen to God whenever he's doing that, um, because it's evident that that's something that he wants to work in our hearts. And I just want to read one scripture, or actually, I'm going to read more than that. But anyway, Matthew 543, it says, this is what God does. He gives his best. And it goes on to say that whether you are, the message version says, if you're nice or nasty, he's giving you the sun and he's giving you the rain and uh, he's loving you all the same. Um, Matthew shared um, during his message, um, especially with the staff um, devotional at, at Aselsi, one main point I want to bring out um, is that we don't, we don't give our bare minimum. You know, sometimes we call neighboring, like, I have a good neighbor if I just can wave at you, and I, we don't actually have to engage one another, right? You keep your yard mowed and your house looking nice, and I'm happy, and, you know, we don't actually have to, you know, kind of get involved with one another. We can just, um, that's, that's a good neighbor sometimes in the American mindset. But, you know, uh, we're called to not live by the world's standards, right? And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, With God's help, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as a sacrificial offering. And one last verse I'd like to share with you that that was a common uh, theme. It says this in Ephesians 1, 1 and 2. It says, Watch what God does, and then you do it, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and you learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant and sacrificial. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. And it's awesome to see the, the uh, staff down there, the people themselves, the way that they sacrifice in order to serve us, and also their thankfulness and gratefulness that we would sacrifice and, to, and give our time. Um, and it really is a neighborly, a friendship, a spiritual bond um, that we've been able to develop with the people. That's awesome. I just, real quick, everybody get, can just kind of affirm it with head, head nods. Has your heart been enlarged because of your encounters and your time there in Guatemala. Yeah, that's so awesome. I love it. Hey, can you thank the team uh, and tell them thank you so much? Thanks, guys. What does it look like to love people from other countries, love people from other nations, other, other people groups? What does it look like? It looks like we listen with humility. We practice empathy every chance we get. We pray passionately for them, for God to bless them, be with them, comfort them, for for God to to shine his best on their lives. And then we give and we go with this compassion in our hearts. 
I, I really do want to challenge you. Maybe you're here and you're like, I, I, I want to take another step in this. How do, how do I take a next step? Well, maybe your next step is to, to begin to give. Maybe you're not part of, of giving on the regular here at church. I want to challenge you to, to step into that. This is a safe place to practice your generosity and to see God use what it is that you place back in his hands to create opportunities for us to be his hands extended in practical ways. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is to actually start praying for people that you've been bothered by, people that have been annoying you, people that you don't even like from other countries and other nations. And, and, and maybe it's time for you to start with this point of prayer in their lives. Maybe for you, it's, uh, you, man, you really feel God tugging on your heart. I need to go. I need to go on missions. I need to do that. Maybe you're interested in going with the team next time they go to Guatemala. As we're still putting those, those things together, if that's something that got stirring in your heart, it doesn't cost you anything right now to pull out your phone and text the keyword Guatemala to our text line, 620-604-9280. Just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text it. It'll come back, give you a little spot to put your name and email in. And then stay on the list so that as we get information about the next trip, we'll send it out to that group and you can be a part and have an opportunity to maybe take a step and to go travel somewhere to bring the love of Jesus to a different people. We all have something that we can do. We all have a part that we can play. And more than anything, it's us being willing to ask the question, who is my neighbor? And how do I neighbor to them. How do, I, how do I live out God's best in that relationship? The question of who is my neighbor is really a question about how do I build relationships with other people? And that's what we're called to do because it's in the context of relationship that establishes a heart connection with somebody else that may not be like us, but they establish a heart connection it's like a bridge from our heart to their heart because one day the Jesus that lives in your heart wants to walk across the bridge and enter into their heart. And it only happens often through these relational things. Who is your neighbor? And how can you be more neighborly in those relationships? We stand as we pray today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's speaking to our hearts. God, we ask that today... Lord, you would illuminate within us something of a next step, something to do next, something to, to move forward. Lord, maybe there's been some uh, heart or attitudes and, and thought processes in our mind that have been negative, that have been condemning, maybe judgmental to people of different nationalities. God, would you forgive us of those things? Holy Spirit, if, if you're speaking to us, may we be willing to take a step and to give, take a step and start praying, take a step to start listening with humility, to take a step and maybe even text in and say, you know, I'd like information. I, I put my name on the list. I'd like to, to maybe go. May we all recognize that it's not a select group of people who can turn their hearts to people from other nations, but it is a requirement and a command from you to all of us as disciples to have a heart turned toward other nations. May we raise our prayers. May we increase our prayers. And may we pray with great passion for you to be for them, move among them, speak to their lives and their hearts. Lord, may we be people who know how to neighbor, people from other countries.
to the nations. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said.